welcome to Better Odds Sports Betting. Here's our host, Kiev O'Neill and Kyle Hunter. All right, we are back. Better odds, sports betting for the weekend. No Kyle Hunter, but we got our guy from the Odds Breakers, Mr. Chris Farley, the NBA master, coming on in to talk about a huge weekend of NBA and UFC. How you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, Kev. I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the end of the NBA season, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as long as it goes. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure the players are feeling it way more than I am, but you know, the constancy of NBA betting can can be a load. Uh, so it's going to be nice to have a little summer to chill out, you know, focus on a little light betting and baseball and then prep for the NFL season. But here we are. The playoffs are still here. Uh, the records are pretty good throughout so far. So hopefully keep this train going, man. Oh, man, I'm sure you will. It's uh, yeah, same way I feel. It's like I get burned out in the NFL and college at the end. Even when you're doing good, you're just kind of like, I'm done. Yeah. I want to move on to the next thing. Switch, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, keep it interesting, which is really weird because um, I, if you're in a position and you're still kicking butt, but you just want to end, that's kind of crazy. But maybe yeah. maybe you're seeing the market really well that way. You're just kind of like, look, um, this is where I'm putting my money. This makes sense. Um, I'm not going to overthink it. And sometimes you do your best job when you're not overthinking stuff. And so yeah. when you say want it to end, it's not like you hate the sport. It's just that you're ready to move on to something that's a little fresher, kind of like how, what happened with baseball and everything right now. But for me, I'm not a big NBA better during the regular season. As a matter of fact, I think I made like two plays probably, probably during the whole regular season. But I'm in the playoffs now, and I am making some NBA plays. I'm actually on a pretty decent run, 8-2 and two over my last 10 plays. And it's not necessarily because I know a ton about the NBA. I don't. Have I been watching it at night? Yeah. I know a lot about basketball, and I know a little bit about the market. And I just know about situations, you know. And so I do have two situational plays, and I'm going to run them by you. Uh, but first, why don't you talk about briefly what's going on tonight and tomorrow in the NBA? Well, yeah, tonight. Um, do you want me to cap these games or just kind of speak to what's the situation? Um, you, know, you, you know what? Why don't you speak to the situation? I'll give you my plays, then you cap it. Sure, sure. So for the first game tonight, you know, you got the uh, Miami Heat taking on the 76ers now. Of course, Miami is traveling to Philly for this one up 2-0. And apparently Joel Embiid is going to try to play in this game. Uh, there's there's no doubt that he's going to play with a face mask if he does, which um, I, I believe he did once before. So I don't know how uncomfortable he's going to be with that, but it can't, it can't be comfortable. Uh, and, you know, the Miami Heat have looked sensational. Um, they're just the depth that they have. Um, Oladipo now is starting to play a lot better. That's a dangerous, dangerous team, Kiev. Um, and they, you know, they're surging with confidence right now. Um, you know, we can get more into it, but I get, you know, just at first glance to cover the game as a, as a summary for now, um, the, the James Harden led 76ers with possibly a more cautious Joel Embiid is not something that I'm really looking at. Um, and then we have the, uh, who's, who's playing tonight, the Suns and the Mavericks. Kev, I've been really high on the Mavericks. Um, I thought that they could really do some things in the postseason. Uh, but the Phoenix Suns, best team in the regular season, you know, elite coaching, elite team chemistry, and they're showing it game in and game out. Uh, and they're up to zero. And it, 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 it looked it was like it was pretty easy for them, you know, especially in the second half of those games. They just turned it up a notch. Fantastic defense. 
and they're forcing Luca to do it all himself, which is not the recipe for success for the Dallas Mavericks. Even with how brilliant Luca is, they need more from from his supporting cast. Uh, and then it's been a while since the other four teams play. You got the Bucks and the Celtics, and we have the. Um, so this is what I mean. This is uh, basketball overload for the regular season. I found myself pausing when I thought about that second game. It's going to be the Warriors <laughs> and the Grizzlies tomorrow, and that's returning to Golden State, uh, where obviously Golden State loves to play at home behind their crowd. Uh, you, you know, so we can get into those games too if you like. Yeah, but those are probably those are the games that I think are, are even better to watch. Uh, because the Heat have just looked dominant, and so far the Suns have been dominant. Yeah, I believe that uh, the Suns are just – I'm just a little surprised too. I was a little worried about the minus six that I took their last game, and I almost like third quarter, I'm like, this could this is yeah. going to be tough to get. And all of a sudden I look at the end, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> they won by 20. How <laughs> that happened, right? So it, it's almost like they came through, and Luka Doncic it, it looked so good the first part of that game. So yep. um, very interesting uh, coming in like this, and you thought Dallas might have had a shot. I think the Suns are almost playing on that momentum. Like, we should have freaking won it last year. Let's just blow through this stuff, right? Is that fair to say? I think so. You know, Phoenix, No, I mean, they, you know, they've had this spot, you know, circled for a long time just to get there again. You know, they probably hope that it's the Bucks again. You know, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure what they're thinking, but um, they're, you know, Chris Paul is just not getting any younger, right? So uh, the game two that he just played, he was phenomenal in that game. But can we count on that game to game? I'm not sure. DeAndre Ayton is still a little bit of a question mark for me. He's been really good in the postseason as well. But last year in the finals, you know, deep into the playoffs, uh, he really, I mean, talk about failures on defense. He he let Giannis dominate him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for me, there's still some questions for Phoenix, man. It's like um, I know that everyone's high on them. You know, uh, <laughs> we talk about the Phoenix Suns a lot on the Bet US NBA show, uh, and you know for good reason. Uh, it's they have probably the best coach in the NBA. But uh, these Dallas Mavericks would not be surprised if they won tonight. You know, and, and the line is kind of indicating that they favor them. You know, it's a it's a pick'em right now, but that's a surprise from the previous two games. I don't I don't know if a lot of people would have anticipated that that would be a pick'em, and of course it is returning to Dallas where they do play better. Uh, I believe they're 31 and 13 straight up at home. So, um, you know, Dallas Mavericks. I think if if there's any spot for them to fight, I think it's I think it's going to be tonight. Yeah, I mean it has to be. So their home team close to pick them. I see minus one and a half at or so, no, it's close to pick them actually. I'm looking at quarters. Um, pick them plus one here on DraftKings, and they're down 0 and two in the series. But same with the 76ers, they're down 0 and two in the series too, and they're a little bit of a dog plus one and a half. So here's the, here's what I did, Chris, and it's not because I know the NBA as well as you or many other NBA handicappers, but I kind of feel like I know the market a little bit. I'm looking at the quarters, and um, the derivative markets treated treated me good for years, to be honest with you. And so I, I knew a little bit about Embiid coming. I took a them at plus 0.5 at plus 100 in the first quarter. Now it's they're actually favored minus 1, minus 110. And the way I look at it, Chris, I mean, they get their backs against the wall. They have to come out this game firing. It's more like a human nature type handicap, right? Um, situation, the crowd, if they start bad, it, it's going to be completely deflating for the whole the whole game, in my opinion. And I don't even think they come back in the game. I almost think if I lose this bet and they don't hit the first quarter, I would probably live bet the Heat for the rest of this game, thinking they're just going to run through the, the rest of the game just beating them. This is a big spot. But I also look at Dallas in the same 
same thing. And I laid minus one and a half, minus 105 in the first quarter. It's interesting when you look at it, Chris. Um, let me share my screen here. So looking at DraftKings, I'm sorry, technology. The quarter is minus one and a half, but the full game is plus one. Yep. So so this yep. almost yep. tells you that you know they have to come out firing. Well, minus one and a half, that's one shot over the tie, you know, one one field goal shot, let's just say. I did get the minus one oh five. I do have the better number here, but same situation. Both teams are a little bit favored in the first quarter because they are desperate, and that's kind of why I took that angle. What are your thoughts on my two plays? Yeah, I, I, I really like those angles. I've been playing some of those derivative bets as well for um, you know a lot of those same human factors, right? Because when you have a revenge game where you just have to get back into the series, usually the first quarter, first half, especially at home, uh, you know, just the energy is going to be rocking in there, uh, and you got to figure that the team is going to put out their best effort until until probably the better teams, you know, start to adjust. Uh, it, it's almost like the Suns in, in in game two, they're like not necessarily taking Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson uh, seriously to begin with. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson looked pretty good at the start of that last game. So did Spencer Dinwiddie. They started very aggressive. And that's, that's when the Mavericks win is when those two wings, those two guards are playing really well. Uh, but then in the second half, they just they were shut down. They mm -hmm. did not do well. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if that trend can continue, but I think for the Mavericks, especially, especially starting at home, knowing they have to get back into this series, um, I love the first half bet too. I took that as well at minus two for minus one hundred five. Um, and as far as the 76ers, yeah, kind of, you know, the same kind of logic. If Joel Embiid plays tonight, which which is still a pretty big if. From the news that I saw, uh, you know, he's still considered doubtful and he's going to like try to play. So we don't know if he's going to play for sure. But if he is, that's immediately going to be a big energy boost for the entire team. All of a sudden, James Harden doesn't have to, you know, completely lead the offense. The ball can be more in, in Bede's hands. Uh, takes it out of, out of Maxi's hands a little bit too. Now, you know, Tyrese Maxi, fantastic player. I really like him, but I don't think he's supposed to take on, you know, the onus. Um, uh, for this team, especially at, at his young age, right? So if Joel Embiid comes out and looks pretty crisp, uh, then that's going to be a really good start for Philly, I think, for sure. But that's that's the big if for me, Kiev, is, is uh, against the Miami Heat, that's as physical as it gets. Uh, they know that he's injured. I mean, you know, they're not going to try to purposely hurt the guy, I don't think. But it's a it's a fairly serious situation there with the, you know, um, orbital uh, fracture. So you just got to think that Joel Embiid is going to be cautious about any kind of physicality. Um, so it just, it's, it's going to be interesting if he plays to see how it kind of unravels, because I don't think that Miami who, you know, I mean, they, I think a lot of the t teams kind of hate their mentality as it is anyway, you're right. You know, and uh, the way that they play, um, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to step it down any, uh, especially in Philly, you know, they kind of like to play the enemy anyway. So uh, it's, it's really interesting. They're, they're, the Miami Heat are just a really tough team for me to bet against right now. There's not a lot of weaknesses on that team. All right. Well, do you like the full games on any sides, or is that something you can give up? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Miami Heat now. We got them when it was a pick em, and then it went up to uh, minus three, and now that Joel Embiid is seemingly going to try to play, you know, we're seeing some more line movement again uh, back down towards uh, more of a pick em for this game. You know, if you can get the Heat full game out of Pickham, I, I still think that's really great value on a team that's proving just pure matchup-wise, even if Joel Embiid was in the lineup. Again, they, they really don't have a lot of weaknesses. They have 
phenomenal front court defense, so they can uh, at least you know somewhat limit it, um, a player like Embiid. You know they have better three point shooters. Tyler Hero has been phenomenal, and I mentioned it before. Uh, Victor Oladipo uh, coming back into this lineup and looking as good as he does. That's that's pretty scary, Kev, because I mean they already had so much depth, you know, and Kyle Lowry sitting on the sideline uh, for now, but Oladipo looks fantastic and he looks confident and you know he looks like he's fully warmed up now, uh, so he's just another scoring piece. You know, he's a big body, he's good on defense. Um, the, it's just a Heat team that can hit you in so many different ways. I, I just think you know pure power ratings wise, they're a, a better team than Philly, so I like them anyway. And if there's any setback in Embiid's game, then I really like the Heat tonight. All right, sounds great. The Heat for tonight. Let's look at tomorrow here. You have the Boston Celtics at the champion Milwaukee Bucks. Boston is plus two, so the Bucks have a two-point favorite at home, which almost tells you that they're pretty close power rated, uh, I guess, to each other as full strength. Uh, very Two great teams. A lot of people like the Bucks to repeat. Totals at two twelve point five, a little bit lower than what we're used to. You yep. ha- you have the Memphis Grizzlies at plus seven at Golden State. That is a massive uh, line right there. Guy like John ja Morant, Golden State minus seven. Total two 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 twenty five point five. My first question to you is: Obviously, these teams skipped a day, right? There is no yeah. game on Thursday, and uh, it, it, they're going to be coming in with a four-day rest. Is there anything to look at for the total in this situation in the playoffs of either of these games? I think I think in the Warriors and the Grizzlies game, I think we're going to see these totals uh, continue to drop. Obviously, these two teams can you know score a ton of points. Uh, you know they're fast-paced, especially the Grizzlies. Warriors not so much this year, but you know they'll. They will play at the pace of the other team at times, uh, especially if they're not in control. Which we, you know, we saw the Grizzlies take control of that game too, and we see what happens. There's just a lot of points, a lot of pace. Um, but the Golden State Warriors at home, I think, is going to be a different story. Uh, this is a team, especially behind their home crowd, Kiev. Uh, you know, very confident. Uh, Draymond Green certainly, you know, is is going to is going to show the full effort. Uh, try to do the intimidation factor once again. I don't think it's going to work with the Grizzlies. You know, they're trying to punch back. Um, but, I, you know, that total is still a little too high for me. Um, the, you know, this is a Grizzlies team, if we recall, when they were facing the Timberwolves, they, they, they were extremely flawed. And I think some of that is because of how flawed the Timberwolves were. There's just a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers, a lot of fast pace. Um, so kind of one cultivates the other. But this is still a very young team, a very mistake-prone team, and the Golden State Warriors turn the ball over a ton too. You know, maybe they're kind of you know leaking into each other's styles. I don't know, but I think that that's been feeding a lot of easy points. I expect that to slow down a little bit. Golden State is a much better team at home when they can slow it down. Uh, you know, create their own transitions. Uh, but they're going to kill you with that passing. You know, with um, all the ball movement that they do uh, with their superior shooters. And I think that line on Golden State is 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 really sharp, uh, Kiev. I you know it came out around six six and a half, I believe, and I didn't touch it. Be- I mean, because I was favoring Golden State, hoping that we would get a s- shorter line on that one. But I think that's I think that's just about right. I think two to three possessions in favor of the Warriors is a is a very fair line for a team that I still think power ratings wise is 
considerably better than the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies still a growing team, and you have to expect the Warriors coming back home to probably have their best effort in Game 3. You know, in saying that, I do agree. This is a sharp line, and but there's no way I th- could take the Memphis Grizzlies after you know all the hype that came after the John Morant quarter that he had right. against this team. The interesting thing about the Saturdays is both these series are tied at one and one. So um, yeah, they're going to be duking it out a little bit. But the Golden State Warriors are going to look at it that they're disrespected because they're you know showing championships together. The Splash Brothers are back. Um, they want to prove that they can do it without Durant, blah, 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 yep. uh, all those storylines. But I do agree with what you said with the total. This total seems too high for a team that's going to want to buckle down and where it was embarrassed against a, a guy like John Morant. But at the same time, I almost feel like Memphis did slow it down a little bit against uh, Minnesota, you know, and uh, yeah. Minnesota was flawed too, extremely flawed, but they were a fast paced team. Minnesota was extremely fast. So Memphis was smart and played it right. Maybe they kind of do the same thing. If this is a blowout, then I like on the under even more, you know, because so, yeah. so, so uh, I see just so many ways that this, this, this could go under. So, um, Great stuff on this one, man. The Bucs Celtics, man, I, I, I'm scratching my head. I, it's so funny. Middleton being out, but yet this Bucks team is just so great with Giannis. They're, they're at home here. This total scares the crap out of me. I mean, I, I hit the 217 under when this thing opened this series, and that was nice and easy. But now it's starting. To, they're starting to figure this out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the line, I think the total is very sharp right now. Uh, a Milwaukee defense that let a lot of things take place in game two. And they have, they, I mean, they really have a great defense. You know, they didn't show it during the regular season a lot. So we were all sort of anticipating, okay, when is the Bucks playoff defense going to show itself? You know, when is Drew Holiday going to play the kind of defense that we know he can play? When is, you know, when is Giannis going to start blocking every other shot? Um, and it, I don't know why that was the case during the regular season. Maybe it's like an, you know, injury protection thing or whatever, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of a flaw of the NBA in general, right? The, they just don't play as hard in the regular season. But uh, in this game, I think the totals, you know, the fact that it's dropping, the fact that it is where it is now, I, I could see it going even lower than that, Kiev. I mean, the, the Boston Celtics, obviously, the number one defense in the NBA for uh, a great length of the season. And now Milwaukee is going to respond after that game that the Celtics really controlled from the jump. Uh, you know they were able to get a lot of open shots. We didn't see the Bucks stepping out and and challenging those threes like they did in the past either. Which you know sometimes they let that go. It's like they get a little too overconfident or something. Uh, but I, I I don't see that happening here. And I think talk about those early bets, Kiev, that you were uh, mentioning for those other two games. This feels like a really good spot to take the Bucks early and often coming back home. You know, championship team defending their home court uh, after just getting, you know, let's face it, a little embarrassed against the Celtics, who who did almost everything right in game two. This is still a championship team. They're still without Chris Middleton, which is not great, but they have so much depth. Uh, and this, it also feels like a big time Giannis takeover game. So, I mean, that's the only thing that scares me away from the total a little bit. If Giannis has a huge game and they, you know, catch that momentum at home, they do love to run the floor run in transition, uh, and really get ahead of their opponents. But these are two great defenses, and I agree with the line movement down on the total. All right, man. Sounds good. So it looks like the Bucks and the Golden State under for tomorrow is what we're looking at. Well, let's get to the UFC 
since we have some time, my man, uh, UFC, yeah. and we'll just look at the ESPN Fight Center here. Obviously, a massive card, Charles Oliveira against Justin Gaethje. And I got to tell you, I love Gaethje. I think he's a little flawed, but uh, so is almost everybody. <laughs> Charles has just been right. on an absolute tear. Let's start with the main event. What do you got going cooking for this one? Yeah, I, I th you can still get really good value if you take uh, one of these shorter overs in this fight. And, you know, first of all, I just want to say I, I, I love watching these UFC fights. I mean, you know, this is especially a big event like this, Kev. Like, you know, it's late at night. You know, you're hanging out. And now I have the whole man cave going on down here, Kev. It's, I, I can't, I'm probably going to be watching it alone, which kind of stinks. Uh, but, you know, but I'll be on my phone a lot, so it'll be fine. But sure. uh, this is going to be one hell of a main event. Um, and I think for over two and a half rounds, you could still get plus money for that, depending on the book, probably between, you know, plus 110 to plus 130 or 40 or so. Um, these, you know, these are two seasoned fighters, obviously, who, who know that they are coming into this matchup against a very, very dangerous opponent. Both great strikers probably give the, you know, the power, uh, you know, um, factor to, uh, Justin Gaethje, but both superior strikers. You know, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of flaws in Oliveira's game whatsoever, but uh, I, I just expect them to both kind of play it cautious, right? And when you have a fight like this where there's five rounds for a championship belt, you know, sometimes you see that first round, they're kind of just bouncing around, you know. I mean, they're both, they can both be very aggressive, especially Gaethje. I mean, he's always heading at you, but he has to be a little bit afraid of what Charles Oliveira can you know, offer because there's not a lot of weaknesses in that guy's game. You know, he can submit you, he can take it down. He can strike you left and right until you get tired of it. Um, so I, I just think they have to respect each other a little bit, and that's my angle on this. If we could get plus money value just for it to go to three rounds, that's pretty good for me. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a little biased, Kev. I don't know, because I wanted to see this fight go into the later rounds. I think it's going to be a really entertaining fight uh, because everything that I'm hearing about Gaethje's camp is he's the most complete fighter that he's ever been. So, I mean, he was already pretty damn good. Uh, so we'll... So we'll see what happens. And we already know that Oliveira is going to bring it. Yeah, Oliveira is definitely going to bring it. And I hope Gaethje is ready for it because uh, when he fought Khabib, he wasn't. And Khabib got him <laughs> in the triangle. And, you know, that's the whole thing. And so I do, I'm going to have some slight disagreement with you. But I, I was thinking more of under three and a half for me. And I will have to pay juice for it. I'm probably going to have to pay yeah. minus 180 or mi minus 190. And, and the, my take on this is that when you look at Justin Gaethje, he, he's a head first fighter. Right. You know, I mean, his his significant strikes, 7.5 uh, per minute. That, that's that's very much in the higher echelon. Now, uh, Charles is a little bit more calculated. He's going to try to let Gaethje make a, a mistake. But Gaethje, after seeing uh, the Charles versus Chandler fight, Chandler almost had Charles. He had him dazed. Chandler kind of screwed that up and should have won that fight. But Charles, you know, came back and uh, ended up being <laughs> knocking out him, <laughs> knocking him out himself, which was one of the craziest, craziest momentum changes I've seen over the past six months. But um, the thing about Gaethje, he, he's his neck's a little bit vulnerable too. He's not a grappler. He's going to work to defend it, and I'm sure his he's been training extremely hard to try yeah. to defend the takedowns here. And uh, you know, I like to look at Sure Dog and. I uh, kind of look at what he did in some of his past performances, but uh, you know, Gaethje himself, 
uh, he can knock anybody out, but he also can get choked out. And you saw that when he uh, got choked out against Khabib. And I think that there's a chance that uh, this goes under just because of that. I think Gaethje's going to be headhunting a little bit, and I think Charles is just going to be looking for his opportunity to get in a rear naked choke, You know, try to get his arms, get that leg lock around him. So there, I think there's a chance in that. But one thing about Charles, I am I, I was like one of those, and I and I – I'll just I'll just go back here because I lost the uh, fight. I I was one of those guys that got on Charles for a while, but then I thought I got I was gonna get cute. Then later and fade him when he when he fought some of the bigger guys, I faded him and I lost. You know, I even think I had uh, McGregor. You know, it's like wait a minute, uh, how did I lose this? And, and uh, I had Chandler against him, and and I lost that. I thought I thought Chandler was a lock after the first round. Live betting was saying Chandler all day, and then uh, he comes back and did it. And I think I lost money on Poirier too. So I won some money earlier. And then I lost money on him. So I don't like a side in this. I can see either one happening. I just don't know how fast it happens. So I'm going to a little disagreement, which is okay. Um, we're not perfect. And, uh, you know, we're not always going to be on the same side. So, uh, yeah. And Kev, can I just ask, can you just um, explain to listeners, you know, sometimes I think it's confusing when it's like 2.5 rounds, 3.5 rounds. So that means like if it's um, over 2.5 rounds, like in my case, right, it means that does it have to reach the third round or does it have to just go above the halfway mark of the second round? Halfway mark, two minutes and 50 right. seconds in. So that's exactly yeah. how that works. Yeah. So basically you have that amount of time, you know, yeah. what's funny is like, it, it, it's longer than you think because you know, it's like I took, I do, I took under, or I took over one and a half, you know, and you think that's half the fight, but you got to go all the way through the first round and you're drooling through the second. And it's almost like you're feeling like the fight's almost over and you're not even into this bet yet. So, yep. so yeah, over, so three and a half is like a long time for fighters that are used to in general fighting three round fights. Right. I mean, yep. five rounds, obviously for the main events and championships, but you know, that's the way you look at it. So big card here, Chris, uh, what else oh, yeah. you have for us? I'm I'm really excited about the Chandler and the Ferguson fight, um, man. Uh, the first time I saw uh, Ferguson El El Kikoy, uh fight, uh, that guy's wild, man. He he uh, he's just really hard to, I mean, even describe as a fighter. You know, he's like so slippery. He's all over the place. You don't see his punches coming. Um, he has unbelievable um, endurance. You know, now are we going to see that same? Tony Ferguson in this fight, I'm not sure. It's been a year since he fought. He hasn't looked good in those previous fights, but you know he did make it uh, to most of those last losses by decision. So he, you know, he can make it through the match. He can at least put up a fight. This is only going to be three rounds, uh, and you know Tony Ferguson classically, you know, unless he's facing Khabib, uh, he's just really tough to take down and submit. He's just so slippery. I mean, I, don't, I, I guess I don't know. Um, any other way to describe it, but you know, he's very comfortable on the ground too. Now, a lot of the things I'm saying, like I said, that's like the previous version of Tony Ferguson. Is he the most crisp and ready fighter anymore? I don't know. He certainly sounds confident. Uh, but you know, someone like Michael Chandler, extreme athleticism, extreme explosion. Um, I'm a big fan of his, you know, even I mean, I, I was also betting on him um in some of his previous fights. Uh, but I just see this being a, a a competition of will, you know, between two guys who are very good at their craft and refuse to give up. You know, Tony Ferguson is one of those guys who kind of just like, you know, jabs you, jabs you, jabs you, doesn't really have the KO power. You know, Chandler doesn't really go for that as much, although he certainly has the TKO power if he wants it. But, you know, he's going to try to take Ferguson down a lot, I would assume. 
I just see this being a scrap, cap, you know, like one of those fights in the UFC that we see where you know, both guys are bloodied and it's like, you know, maybe fight of the night. Um, but that's a big if, depending on if Tony Ferguson, uh, you know, still shows a pretty damn good version of himself. So all that to be said, I like this fight to go the distance. Still, again, plus money. Um, and I like that we're getting plus money for this. It feels like it, it shouldn't be plus money. It feels like it's very possible. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have this fight to go the distance in only three rounds in this one. That's a great call. I love that. I love your play here. I think it makes all the sense in the world, and I'm gonna show people why. And I have a I I have the same type of play, but it's a it's just a little bit different. So what we're looking at here, Michael Chandler. A lot of people think he's a finisher here because you know look at all these first round knockouts here. Well, guess yeah. where he was fighting? He was fighting a bunch of bums in the Bellator. Brent Primus, Brandon Gertz, Sydney Outlaw. Who the hell are these guys? You know, so maybe maybe some secondary movie characters. I, I have no idea, man. But uh, you know, they, he's getting way too much credit for this Dan Hooker knockout. And then obviously the Charles Charles ended up taking him out and winning, right? Um, yeah. He did he did fade Charles a little bit, and then he went the full three rounds against Justin Gaethje, which tells me hmm, he can go full, full three rounds. But then let's look at the other guy. Let's look at Tony Ferguson. I love Ferguson. He's kind of like a Nate Diaz to me almost, right? Yes, he, yeah. he, he's got um, a, a good following. He's got the same attitude. I'll go out and fight everybody. And how are you going to punish him for his last three losses to Benil Nariush, Charles right. Oliveira right here, and Justin Gaethje. You know, it's funny. Both these guys, their last three fights, two of their losses were to the main event, which I find very interesting. But Tony Ferguson, three rounds, the full three rounds here. He goes full three rounds against Charles, full five rounds almost against Gaethje, and the ref had to stop it. But this is five rounds. And then, you know, he uh, beat Cerrone. You are getting Ferguson at plus 310, and you even need the five rounds. So I think you take two angles on this fight. I'm going to take Ferguson plus 310, and then I'm going to look at Michael Chandler to win by decision. If Michael Chandler gets enough hits and bloodies Ferguson enough, maybe, it, maybe Ch Chandler's going to have to take him out of the ground, which you don't see Ferguson get choked out too often just to get the points in the third round. You are getting plus 250 on Chandler to win by decision or by the points. So you bet both sides of this, you're probably averaging around a plus 135 on whatever happens. And look at the outs you have. Anything with Ferguson and you get Chandler. The only thing that beats you is Chandler inside the distance. That's the way I'm going, Chris. What are your thoughts? I, I love that. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to almost virtually guarantee some money. Um, yeah, I, you know, what do you think about this, Kev? I mean, I, I do we think that we're going to see a pretty damn good version of Ferguson. Cause that's just my biggest question here, right? If we're, if we're seeing, um, if we're seeing a version of Tony Ferguson, that maybe he's been outside the sport for a year now, maybe he is losing some of that confidence for whatever, you know, he's talked about his personal life before and some of the issues that he's had, uh, which, you know, probably a lot of fighters have them. He's just very open about it. Uh, but, but if he's not the Tony Ferguson that we know, then certainly someone like Michael Chandler, who seems like he's always on top of his game, you know, for what it's worth, you know, coming from the Bellator, but, you know, he definitely has some talent in that guy. You know, he's a legit fighter, and that's why they brought him to the UFC. He he could, he could you know, get a, a second, you know, a third round uh, TKO win. I just, we just don't see that from Tony Ferguson. So, you know, I mean, in, in summation, I love your play. That's just my one, you know, contra contrarian concern, but obviously I'm betting against that too. Right, right. And I'll tell you this. 
Ferguson, looking at his record, has only lost inside the distance twice out of 31 yeah. fights. That is That's a crazy. great stat and a crazy <laughs> one coming into this. Let's move on to the next one here then. Uh, we're going to look at – I'm going to look at Rose versus Carla Esparza yeah. here. Thug Rose, shocking everybody, you know, um, beating Zhang twice like that. Um I think that she's going to have a little bit more trouble with Carla Esparza. Esparza can take you down. But what Rose has over Esparza, ton of experience for one. But she's got four inches here and two inches of reach. Rose has really come around to be a very highly regarded fighter. And that's why she's the champion in the strawweight class, man. I mean, uh, Jessica Andrade is fantastic. And she lost Andrade and then she came back and beat Andrade. You know, Andrade was one of maybe, maybe the second best person, uh, I guess, Shevchenko, right? If she's doing 115, yeah. she's kind of bouncing between 125, 115. But Andrade, uh, a fantastic fighter my thoughts is that i think this fight goes the distance and i think that rose wins and i I like taking champions to go the distance because it's a lot it's a lot for the judges to overturn a scorecard like that it's hard for them to take a championship away from somebody unless there's a finish one thing i see here is volume i'm gonna see more hits from rose most likely and uh she's already been through the grind with against you know fighters like zang and andrage uh in the wrestling so um you're it's minus 220 which tells you that carla's got maybe a a 60 or or sorry a 33 percent chance of winning 32 percent chance ish uh, but I, I'm not. I, I'm not. It's not buying that the title's going to flip today. I, I, I'm liking Rose, and I know it's going to be five rounds. You're getting plus one sixty five for her to win by decision. I'm going to put a little bit on that. So that's my play. I, I really like that play. Two, two things about Rose that stand out for me is just uh, she has a great gas tank, um, you know, and she's really smart. She, she, you know, I, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm not a UFC. I'm not a mixed martial artist, but it feels. When you watch her, it seems like she just has a high octagon IQ. She picks her spots very smartly. And now that she's the champion, yeah, uh, to your point, right? She's going to, if she's reaching the third, fourth, fifth round, she's probably going to have a lot of significant strikes in those first two rounds. She's going to want to protect that belt and she's going to want to make her opponent prove, right, that they can overcome it. So um, I don't, I don't know as much about, about the chick that she's facing. And didn't they face in the past too? Didn't they have like, you know, years ago they faced each other before, I think. Um, um I think I'll have to look. I think so. I Yeah. I think I'm thinking of something else, but um yeah, I I like that angle a lot. Ro, Ro, it's going to be tough. I mean, Yang is not is no joke. Yeah, back in uh, 2014. A, 2014. Yeah, a long time ago. She lost yeah. to Carla Esparza way back then, but it's kind of like what I said. She got yeah. better, uh, and I think that she doesn't let that happen again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a totally different fighter now, right? So, I mean, especially with the experience behind her. Um, I did not expect her to win the title in that last fight against Yang. Uh, you know, Yang is 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 an incredible fighter. Um, so yeah, the yeah. fact that she got that, yeah, um, that was just really, really impressive. It's just going to be hard to bet against Rose in any capacity. I would, I would look to her side uh, pretty much across the board, but I agree with you. Uh, probably a better choice to to bet on her um, 
going the full distance than within distance. Yeah, I also think she's a parlay play possibly. Now, I, I, you know, I, the minus 200, 220s, minus 250s, you're kind of in parlay range a little bit. If you yeah. if you think that you know that she wins the fight, not 100% sure, let, let's box her with another fighter. We got another few minutes for one more fight, Chris. Uh, anything popping up for you? Yeah, I'm going to uh, play on, man, I her last name is Gata, Gato, I think, uh, Melissa Gato, I believe. I had it. I had it up here right in front of me, and it just went off the screen. But um, she's going to face Cortez, who's a hometown girl. Uh, this is one of the prelim fights. Let me. I got a. I got some slow action here on my end. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, she's facing the hometown Cortez. And if you look at the way uh, Gato, or I think it's uh, Goda, uh, fights. Man alive! If I can get this, uh, if I can get this bet up, I would love it. Um, she, uh, she, first of all, she just looks bigger than her, even, even if she's the same height as the female that she's facing and she looks bigger, you know, she, she, she has real length to her. She has real aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, and she attacks, you know, that that's something I really like about her style. Now, Cortez is coming into this one with some great training. You know, apparently she's trained with Henry, uh, Cejudo. you know, she's got, uh, some great, wrestling skills but if you watch some of these last fights with gato she is really tough to take down um she's kind of like reminds me of a female ferguson a little bit she's tall she's lanky she's slippery uh and she's a great striker um at least you know from what we've seen from her um previous fight so you're getting plus money on her and then big time plus money on her to win within distance i think she's going to go after it in this one kev she's going to try to play spoiler you know, she's going to try to, uh, you know, probably use that joy, uh, juice uh, that's going against her with the home crowd, you know, to try to score a victory quick because I think she knows, you know, there's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of momentum. There's been a lot of conversation about Cortez coming into this one. You know, she's a Phoenix Suns fan. She was at a Suns game. Uh, but I think she's getting overvalued for all those reasons. Uh, Gata was a, um, you know, she's undefeated. And if you look at some of her highlights, man, she's got some really impressive stuff. So I just think, you know, pure, pure numbers, pure value wise, it's, you know, I'm just going to put a little, a little scratch on her to win within distance. I, I believe it's around plus 300 plus 350. Look at this Cortez girl. She doesn't look like someone that you'd bet on. It looks like somebody you marry, man. Look, look at this girl. Come on. I was I mean, going to say, I was gonna say this, <laughs> this might be the best looking fight all night. I, you know, that's, that's another story though. <laughs> well, I will, I will say that, uh, you know, she's, she, she's up and coming, uh, that, uh, you know, she, she beats a couple really no names here. And then against yep. Justine Kish, a split decision, I, I I go back to my memory banks of watching UFC events, and I can't even pull this one up to be honest with you. I mean, it doesn't look like this Kish girl uh, really does a lot. And what I do know is that Cortez is going to try to wrestle her, but yep. um, I agree with you. Gatto is stronger, and Gatto has a massive four inch reach over her, and she's going to use that and keep her distance. You know, maybe possibly give Cortez a couple of knees. You know, she's the more aggressive fighter, stand-up wise, and then she just needs to sprawl and get rid of their takedowns. But um, I believe Gatto, and you're right, the Streamyard is messing uh, up our computer screens. I don't know why <laughs> stuff keeps spinning. Uh, you know, I think Gatto's got a lot of finishes herself, so I think Gatto yes. Gatto's actually going to be able to, uh, you know, even if she's fighting from her back, she's going to be able to get some arm bars or some opportunities to uh, wait for a mistake from Cortez. I think you're getting plus money too with Gatto, and this is been going down just warning everybody 
Um, it, it's it might get down to even. It, it's I see at plus one twenty five some places. Some of the sharper books have it at now at plus one hundred five, plus one ten. That tells you just that itself that Gatto might be the right side here. So Cortez. Only two finishes, seven decisions in her wins. But like I said, fought a lot of no names here. Now she's coming up against some real competition where uh, you got four submissions out of Gatto as well. I like Gatto. I like the dog here, Chris. I can't disagree with it. Let's get it. Love it. All right. All right, my man. I think we're out of time. What a blast talking to you again. Uh, I so much enjoy our texts and our and our back and forth talking about all these big games. It's going to be such a fun weekend. We got the Kentucky Derby, UFC, the NBA. Uh, I, I wish you the best this weekend. Get that house, get those chores done early so you can watch these awesome games. Yeah, I appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah, and uh, you know, and once again, uh, thanks for coming on the show, Chris. I appreciate it, Kevin. I'm going to definitely set the stage so that everything's done by around seven, eight o'clock Eastern Eastern Standard Time, and and. Kev, you might get a few extra texts from me because, again, I wanted to have the boys over, but now I'm 30 minutes from them. I'm gonna have them over. No, we're gonna have them over next weekend, but that's okay. I'll just, you know, I'll just blow up your phone and blow up other guys' phones. I'll, I will be there for you, man. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right, appreciate it, Kev.